Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I'll be talking with Ben Eden, a motivational speaker, where we'll be discussing building your dreams by harnessing the power of thought as well as overcoming emotional pain and thought. Hi Ben, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Good. I'm glad. Uh, so, where are, where are you up to today? Anything exciting? No, we're just working more and more on the message that I want to share with everybody. Well, that's awesome. Um, you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? And like maybe sure. what you were like growing up? Yep. So, most people who know me today would be surprised to hear me say this, but I was actually quite a shy kid growing up. Um, but besides that, I was used to excelling in what I did. I did pretty well in school, I did pretty well in sports, I did the audition choir, I, uh, in school, and I finished the bachelor's degree, top of the class, I did the master's degree, so I'm used to the excelling, and I say that not to, not to be, oh man, we're talking to a prideful guy, it's something to help give context to what I've learned and what I'd like to share with everybody about overcoming emotional pain. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing though. Like all the stuff you've done and um, like growing up, and I feel like a lot of times, like, because I was also really shy when I was like younger. Really, I was I became a lot more out of my shell in the last like three years. I'd say more than anything, especially like starting mm-hmm. a podcast. Like I never thought I would do that. <laughs> right. But tough lessons in life kind of lead you to where you shine the best very true and then we then we have opportunities to help others with what we've learned and that's the cool part yeah so growing up like you said you were you were more shy but you like did sports and you did was it more like you were comfortable once you knew somebody or what um like what helped um to lose the shyness I think certainly having somebody I knew helped, but um, I think I'm a type of person who I know I can do something, so I'm going to work hard on it and be good at it. So if it's a sport or school or music or whatever it is, I find confidence in just excelling there, and then I appear confident to others because I'm doing well. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, because you wouldn't be like shy in that aspect because you're good at it and you like it. Right. What, um, I guess from, so wh- how did you go from being like the shy kid to kind of what you're doing now? Like, what was the process through all that? So, I guess I'll jump into my story of emotional pain and then this will all kind of come together on who I am today and why I'm doing what I am today. How's that? Perfect. Okay. So I'm 30 years old and single. Um, So looking back through the years, I've realized that yes, I still like to excel in things and I've done some awesome things with my life. Um, But especially with the single aspect, it's like I started thinking man, I can excel in everything except for the dating game. (laughs) (laughs) And I started thinking, is something wrong with me? Maybe there is, because if I can't figure this out, then something has to be wrong with me. Um, Through a number of experiences, I ended up talking to a therapist about a year ago about some things that I was going through. 
and I started thinking, well, I wonder if something from childhood has affected who I am today. And one of the things that came to mind was, and I remember quite vividly, when I was about nine or ten years old, I was in elementary school. I think we were doing dodgeball that day or something in PE, and I was, you know, doing well, top of the class, kind of. I'm mean, maybe not top of the class, but you know, performing well. And I was getting to be in the good circle of friends, and I started to care what they thought about me based on my performance. But as we were leaving the gym, and I still remember it, we had to walk uphill out of the gym. It was the lunchroom, and the, my friends were just laughing, having a good time. And I thought, well, I want to be part of this, so I asked them, "Hey guys, what's so funny?" And they turned to me and they said, "Raise your arms." And so I lifted my arms, and I discovered that I had excessive underarm sweat, and it was something that. I did not realize that I had. It was something I had no control over, and now I felt caught. I felt, oh my goodness, there's nothing I can do about this, and it's making me feel embarrassed. And my friends, of all people, are laughing at me. That experience has obviously stuck with me today, and really affected my self-esteem. And I call it emotional pain. Because there, like I say, I'm used to being good at things and controlling what I can,、mm-hmm. but this destroyed all those categories, <laughs> where、yeah. people I trusted and looked up to were laughing at me because of that, and that was something that continued throughout my life because it's something I couldn't control. So I would start to back off, I would start to hold back and be more reserved. In、um, activities or whatever I was doing in social environments, even if it was my close family,、uh, I, I've since learned that it might be called hyperhidrosis. You know, it's something that it's it's not uncommon for people to have, but it still gave me this emotional pain because it started there, and people said that about the excessive underarm sweat, but I started to believe it was about me when they said. Oh, that's disgusting! I can't believe you're so sweaty. That's gross. I would start to think, I am disgusting. I am gross. Yeah. Therefore, no, nobody wants to be with me. And when did you say this started? Did you say elementary or high school? Yeah, yeah, about nine or ten years old. What? Sorry, I yeah, didn't hear、so、you. Yeah, over the、said. years. Sorry, I was I was about nine or ten years old. Okay, that's okay. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, that kids yeah, can also be cruel, and it's like, then it's like you just get that doubt in your head, and it kind of just grows. No kidding. So even though what everybody else sees is, wow, Ben's good at this, Ben's good at that. Deep down, I would think, if I do like that image that people have of me, but if they truly got to know me, then they would discover this thing that is embarrassing, and so I keep people at arm's length. Did you get like I don't know about like teased, but also like was this like a thing all throughout school, like through high school and everything, or was it more just the the feeling of think people thinking you're disgusting because of the situation? Sorry, say that one more time. I think we broke up a little bit. No, it's okay. Um, so like kind of like from that point, from like being nine, ten, and this happening. And like throughout, like middle school, high school, did this continue, or was it more like your thoughts from the situation made it worse? 
Well, there was an occasional trigger. You know, if somebody were to discover it, and then their reaction would be, "Ew, that's disgusting." Even though they didn't really mean it that way, it was just, you know, their immediate reaction. But I have since learned that the pain was definitely more emotional than anything else. I mean, I I even told my mom about this recently, and she said, "I had no idea this affected you like this." Yeah. Okay. Well, that um. It's it yeah because it's like one situation can snowball into so many others and in other in other um, impact the rest of your life too. Exactly. So when did you kind of um, start to really like dive into the emotional pain and trying to get through it? It's been really over the last two years or so, and like I say, when I went to the therapist about a year ago. I brought it up to him, and at first I was really nervous because it was something I've been trying to hide for years and years, something I was very embarrassed about. So as I brought it up to him, I was very defensive, and I was like, "I just don't know how he's going to react. He's probably going to laugh. I don't know if he'll want to continue to talk to me." But after I told him the story, he treated me exactly the same as he did before. <laughs> no difference. He's just like, "Oh, thank you for sharing me, or sharing sharing with me." And after that, he, what started to click in my mind was, oh my goodness, this doesn't have to define me. This was something that happened in the past, but I can separate myself from it and heal from the situation. And he did. Um, I'm no therapist, so I don't know quite how to do this, but <laughs> he helped me imagine my current self going back to my nine or ten year old self right after this happened. And have a conversation with him, and say, "You just went through a really tough situation, and you have every right to feel the way you do—scared, embarrassed. But I want you to know that it's over, that you are loved, and that you're still going to do some amazing things with life." And when my therapist worked me through that, my current self said, "That's baloney." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's no way somebody would love me. There's no way it's over because I'm still suffering from it. But we did it a couple more times, and we started to reprogram my brain and rewrite that memory. And now I do believe that it is over, that I am worth loving, and that I have done and can do amazing things. Well, it's very true, and it is hard. Like I've. Did similar things like that um, in like therapy too to like try and help reprogram my brain for like chronic pain or just even like you said like emotional pain like things that have happened in the past um, with like family members and people not treating me right and you kind of sometimes even in your subconscious you don't even realize that it's affecting you until mm-hmm. like, certain situations happen so like I did a lot of similar things as what you were just talking about. And it definitely does help. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And what I've learned, and kind of what pushes me to talk about this so much, is that I've learned that when, like you're saying, how emotional pain might affect us subconsciously, and we don't quite understand what's going on. Some of us cope in unhealthy ways because、mm-hmm. we don't know how to do it in other ways. So it could be, you know, if we had a bad relationship, or in our family, if if it's tainted a little bit. We might cope by binge watching our favorite show while pity eating ice cream, right? Yeah. 
we might, we might not think that's too big, big of a deal, but maybe over time, if we don't deal with the source of the emotional pain, then this coping um, escalates to other things. And with the brain, where it doesn't like pain, obviously, what, something I learned was that the brain reacts the same way to emotional pain as it does physical pain. I thought, wow. But if we think about it, the last time we were rejected, um, unappreciated, somebody yelled at us, anything like that, we do feel pain. And the brain wants to either numb the pain or get relief from the pain. So if we don't know the proper way to do it, we may turn to things like drugs, alcohol, pornography, any of those mind-numbing addictions, or just simply other things that relieve it but don't really heal from it, and that affects our lives and relationships. Yeah, no, for sure, that is 100% true. So how did you get, I guess, from that point, like graduating top of the class in your bachelor's to kind of where you decided to become a speaker? Sure. So I learned how to overcome emotional pain. I learned tools for that. So I'm no doctor. I'm not the person who will heal, but these tools help the person heal by accepting help from others. So we can call it PWR, which stands for power, right? <clears throat> I'm a religious person, so P stands for pray. Uh, if you believe in God, then of course he's the master healer. If you don't believe in God, then it's talking to somebody who can help heal. And really, with physical pain, if you think of a sliver in your hand, the way to heal from that is to take the sliver out. With emotional pain, somehow you have to get that pain out. And the way you do that is through talking or writing about it. So I learned that, and I did that. I talked to God, I talked to my parents, I wrote in my journal. And they were different journal entries than I had done previously. It wasn't just, oh, this is what I did today. It's, this is how I felt today. I really struggled with this. Or I'd love to get through this. And as I got my emotions out, I literally felt like I was removing a sliver. And now I had room to heal. And the fascinating thing was that as I made connections with people and finally talked to my mom and other people about it, and they reacted in ways like, oh, well, we still love you, Ben. That was something I did not believe. So it was super nice to hear that, oh my goodness, I am worth loving, even though I'm dealing with this thing, and it's okay to talk about. When I talked to friends of mine on this subject, I discovered that a lot of people are going through this emotional pain, but they don't talk to somebody because they might be in a situation similar to mine where well, everybody thinks I have everything under control and that I have my life figured out. So if I were to tell somebody I'm struggling or if I have an emotional pain, then I'll seem broken and then they won't like me anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. Because you also don't want to come off as like you're always complaining or you don't want, you don't want to be like that the negative person, even though sometimes you just have to talk about it. True. And that's a great point, because there is that extreme where it's just, oh, I'm just going to talk and mope about it. But that's where my power of thought side comes in, where I finally realized that I am not the problem, and I can do something about it. So I am going to talk about it in healthy and safe ways, 
with the idea of what action can I take to get better or what action can I take to progress anyway and so there's a quote from the book as a man thinketh that says as you strive for the ideal the ideal becomes your reality and that thought is so fascinating to me um, at my place I have a house and I purchased it I got some roommates one of my roommates said you know what, you should finish your basement and turn it into an Airbnb. And at the time I thought, mm. well, why in the world would I do that? <laughs> <clears throat> but the thought stayed in my mind, and then I think it was two Januarys ago, I had this feeling that, yeah, you should finish your basement. I said, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. I had no idea what to do. I had never done a basement. I'm not super good with that kind of stuff, so I just thought, well, where can I start? So I posted on Facebook, who can help me with framing, who can help me with drywall and plumbing, this, that, and the other. I made important connections. They helped me through it. Um, about six months later, I finished the basement and started doing Airbnb in my you know, my house. And it's going really well. And I'm making even more awesome connections with people. So with me, I've learned that um, if you strive for the ideal, the ideal does become your reality. And that helps me even though I'm still dealing with something or I'm talking about something, I'm always progressing towards something that will help me be happy and help others as well. Well, that's really, that's amazing. And I'm glad that this is, you're doing a lot better. Um, what is maybe, and it's kind of what we talked about a little while ago, but just what is like a one piece of advice you wish maybe you knew growing up that could also help someone dealing with what you're dealing with or similar situations? Sure. I think it would be, you know, if I were to tell my younger self something or you know, somebody in a similar situation, that you will go through hard times in life and that life won't always be easy for you, but please feel comfortable talking to somebody about it. Don't listen to the lies that will enter your head that say, if you tell somebody you're broken, if you tell somebody they won't like you, if you tell somebody that means you're not normal, it's okay because everybody does go through it. And really, when we share our struggles with others, it gives them permission to share their own struggles and then we can heal together. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where like speaking and like comes into play too or blogging or mm -hmm. podcasting, getting your story out there in the public if you're comfortable with it because then others will start to open up too. Yeah, and that's so exciting. And I feel like I mean, that's what's pushing me to do this. Actually, I was an HR director, so the executive team for an international company for the last about seven years. But I feel so strongly about this message that I left that job last week oh. to do this full time and make sure that people can feel the hope that I have felt. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'm excited. What do you, where do you see yourself, I guess, in the next year or two professionally? Like, where would you oh, like to be? That's a great question. So, like I say, I left my job, my normal day job last week, so this is kind of new and getting started for me, but like I said earlier, if you start from the ideal, your ideal becomes reality. And I've learned that if I do that, almost 100% of the time I get it. So my ideal for 2020 
is to speak somewhere internationally. So we'll see where that takes me. <laughs> but also, I already have a number of gigs set up, and I'll be requesting a ton more throughout the year. I'll probably end up writing a book. But I feel, I think a lot of speakers feel this way, that we're kind of called to share this message. And I feel like a lot of people need to hear this message. So really, I'll just be working more, on, more and more on the message and be available for whoever needs to hear it. Well, thank you for sharing your message today with my, me and my, or my audience and I. <laughs> um, we, no problem. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, and we really appreciate it. And where can um, my listeners find you? So my website is benedenspeak.com or the same on Facebook and Instagram, Ben Eden Speak. All right. I will have that in the description below. Thanks again for joining, and I hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. This was another episode of With Love Alexa. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.